This is the Mainly Plants Podcast. My name is Ryan Furman, and I am a certified plant-based nutritionist. You can find my website, mainlyplants.com. You can get a hold of me through the website or through my email, which is ryan at mainlyplants.com, or on any of the social media. You can send me a message at mainlyplants. That's M-A-I-N-L-Y-P-L-A-N-T-S. Um, so this week, first week that is going to be on YouTube as well. The podcast will be up there. I don't know, some people enjoy watching it, uh, that's what you're into, whatever floats your boat. So this week I wanted to bring it back down to um, kind of the basics and kind of regroup a little bit, if that makes sense. So, um, and, and, and the reason I'm doing this is because the last few weeks um, I have been having to explain a lot, which is fine, I don't mind at all, the differences between when somebody refers to themselves as vegan versus plant-based. And the difference is such that vegan is more for the animal welfare, right? So somebody stopped eating animal products because of the, the cruelty to the animals um, and, and obviously the health benefits if they eat proper a uh, proper vegan diet uh, come with that. Um, for me and for other people who refer to themselves as plant-based, it, it started out as a dietary thing, right? So there was some sort of... Uh, health concern or body image type deal, um, whether it be for me it was high cholesterol and I, I don't know, was exhausted all the time. Uh, other people have fatty liver disease. Other people just want to trim up uh, and can't lose, you know, their spare tire, whatever it is. Um, and obviously the the animal welfare and the global implications are an awesome byproduct. And and kind of you know the more the more research that somebody does when they go plant based or vegan. Um, your paths always cross, right? So for me, it was, like I said, plant-based. And then when you kind of go down the rabbit hole, you realize that what you're doing also has positive benefits to animal welfare and the and the the earth as a whole in terms of uh, sustainability and everything. And when somebody goes vegan and they do it for the animal welfare, they also notice that there are great uh, health benefits and, and global benefits as well. So everything kind of comes full circle. There are some key differences. Um, but uh, but if I if I was speaking to a, a true vegan, and I, I don't think they would uh, be too happy uh, if I called myself vegan, even though for argument's sake I am. So the overall health and and risk of degenerative degenerative the overall health and risk of degenerative diseases are inextricably linked to dietary practice. Now remember, this is a plant-based podcast, not a vegan podcast, so we're dealing with uh, health here. So everything's linked to diet. Now, the the top 10 leading causes of death, uh, number one, heart disease, number two is cancers, three, lower respiratory diseases, four, number four is stroke, uh, number five is accidents, car accidents, bicycle accidents, uh, falls, stuff like that. Number six is Alzheimer's disease. Number seven is diabetes. Number eight is influenza and pneumonia. Uh, number nine is nephritis syndromes. And number 10 is suicides. Um, and the, the difference between number one and 10 are staggering. So for example, heart disease kills about just under 600,000 people a year. Cancer kills a little less than that at 576 thousand and change. Suicides, uh, just under 40,000. So you can see that between the number one and two 
leading causes of death, and number 10, um, there's, a, there's a pretty big gap there. Now, the cost of medical care. Um, U.S. medical care costs rank number one in the world, okay? Um, and that's from uh, commonwealthfund.org. Uh, the U.S. quality of care ranks somewhere between 35th and 40th in the world. Um, and that's, that's, that comes from thepatientfactor.com and who.int. Um, and this makes it very difficult for businesses and public agencies. Now, the state of health. Over 24,000 prescription and over-the-counter medicines are registered in the United States. Over, uh, of Americans ages 50 and above, um, roughly 76% say they are currently taking at least one prescription drug on a, on a daily basis. That's not supplements, that's not vitamins, those are uh, chemical drugs, prescription drugs. Um, of Americans 65 and over, 87% do. So 50 and over, over three quarters, uh, 65 and over, 87% taking at least, at least one prescription drug. Um, between 1986 and 2002, Americans aged 45 and older reported their regular use of prescription drugs increased from 52% to 75%. It's astounding. Now on average, People aged 45 and older say they take four prescription medications daily. Bananas, on average. That means obviously there are some lower than that, but there are also some higher than that. Now I can't imagine having to take a prescription drug daily, um, let alone four, just to maintain health, right? So in 2011, an estimated 48% of the US population was taking a prescription drug in any given month. Uh, in the same year, 2011, an estimated 3.6 billion outpatient prescriptions were dispensed. Um, now, in the United States alone, there are about 300 million people. Um, so if you're looking at it, 3.6 billion prescriptions in 2011, 300 million people, I mean, you do the math, it's, it's staggering. Uh, according to the, uh, the FDA, um, in 2011, an estimated two to four million people suffered serious, disabling, or fatal injury associated with prescription drug therapy. So, let's kind of run it back a little bit, right? The vast majority of people are taking prescription drugs for health. Of those people, two to four million people suffered a serious disabling or fatal injury associated with these drugs that they're taking for health. So they're taking these pills for their health, but these pills are also killing them or making them even sicker. So the, the, present, um, the present nutrition paradigm um, defines nutrition as the independent additive effect of nutrients on health. Um, and it's reflected in food labeling and recommended daily allowances, things like um, supplements. Um, but the, the future paradigm, what, what we're kind of hoping that things get to, um, nutrition would be defined as the synergistic, you've, and you've, if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard me say this before, the synergistic, holistic, effective nutrients on health. 
Now, holistic uh, being W-H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C, meaning um, not just taking one thing for one thing and another thing for another thing, but eating eating a varied whole food plant-based diet and all those things working together to benefit the whole. Uh, not necessarily holistic, like you go to a holistic doctor, which is just an H, um, H-O-L-I-S-T-I-C. Um, and this is demonstrated by um, nutrient to nutrient interactions, like I just said, food associations, and the effects of whole food. And now you know, if you listen to me before, like I said, um, I really push the whole food plant-based diet, right? So um, the, the current medical paradigm is dependent on these drugs, these foreign, um, you know, manufactured synthetic chemicals going into your body, strategically targeted therapies, and nutrient supplements. Um, and it's basically a treatment of symptoms with these drugs that have toxic side effects. And I think it was last week that I mentioned, maybe the week before, but you know, when you see a commercial for whatever new drug is coming out, um, and, and they list the side effects, they often sound awful, but those are just the side effects that they have to list. The side effects that had um, instances uh, common enough in the clinical trials that they had to list those, those side effects. There could be much, much worse side effects that you get that they didn't have to label. The, the, the medical paradigm that I want to see take place and, and the world make a shift to is a dependency on food, not a dependency on drugs, right? It's this holism, again, it's a treatment and more importantly, prevention of disease without the toxic side effects. Now, there are consequences of deciding what to eat, right? And there's these misunderstandings of nutrition. So you could eat something and it could have environmental degradation. Or you could be eating something that you think is healthy, but it's not due to uh, political or, or policy corruption. Um, you could be eating something that, you know, you think is healthy that leads to extensive medical costs, uh, you know, namely animal products. Um, you could be eating something that you think is healthy because of a, a, a research study that you found. And the interpretations of those studies, but if you listen to the podcast before, um, I believe it was on um, saturated fats. You know that that studies can be tweaked and shifted, and and you know who's paying for the study. So <clears throat> it's very difficult to become educated, but it's very vital and, and important. And and with all this come nutrition myths, uh, and and there are. A few myths that I want to run by you. Now, the first myth is that nutrition is a function of a handful of clearly identifiable nutrients, right? So you hear protein, fiber, vitamin A, vitamin C, maybe iron. Um, you know, the, the, the big few ones that you hear about. Uh, it's a myth. And the next myth is that nutrients do very specific things and cause very specific diseases. Uh, another nutrition myth is that nutrition represents very definitive events we can study and understand. And finally, the last nutrition myth is that nutrients manipulated independently can accomplish benefits. Now, if any of these myths, uh, if you need to rewind, rewind, sound like something 
that you thought was true and you don't know why it's not, you should be writing me an email right now to get your questions answered. <clears throat> but in reality, nutrition is the biologically holistic, remember it's holistic with the WH, holistic process by which elements of food and water are used by the body to optimize health, right? So they're all uh, working together. It's not one thing doing one thing, another thing doing another. It's they're all working together. And if I've talked to you about salads, this should be ringing a bell. Um, nutrition's also the highly integrated reactions of events of countless food chemicals working together in a symphony, right? So again, it's not one thing or the other. It's everything working in this symphony, in harmony together. Um, millions of reactions with, with a, varied a varied diet. Um, nutrients are basically chemicals that assist in creating and restoring health, right? So if you eat shitty food, you're gonna have shitty health. If you eat good food, you're gonna have good, good health. You can even, there are so many dis disorders and diseases that not only can be prevented, but can be reversed uh, just through through proper diet. Uh, many many nutrients uh, have yet to be identified, and that's not to say that you're not eating them and you're not getting the benefits of them. But it's so hard to, on a second by second, on a you know millisecond by millisecond basis, understand what nutrients are causing what to happen. Um, there are some chemicals in food that do not promote health, as I'm sure you've guessed. There are a lot of factors that affect nutrient variation. And this, these are things like post-harvest storage, right? So what, what happens to, this, to the food after it's harvested? Um, is it sitting in a silo? Is, is there water damage? Um, was it picked before it was ripe and, and packaged in gas? to be transported halfway around the world. Um, there are different plant varieties of the same type of plant. So that can affect nutrient variation. The season that things were grown in or the temperature in that season or how much rainfall can affect nutrient variation. The, the method that you cook these, these uh, plants can affect variation. Uh, you know that I'm a big proponent for the quote unquote raw diet. And remember raw diet is anything cooked below 119 degrees Fahrenheit. So you can still make your zucchini noodles and throw them in a wok with some garlic and a little olive oil. Um, just keep the, keep the temperature low and it's still technically raw. Uh, you know, the more that you cook something, the more that you kill off nutrients. Uh, generally, obviously there are exceptions to the rule. Um, the location that, that the plant was grown in affects the nutrient variation. The seed quality. The, like I said, the weather, um, whether it was grown organically or if there were pesticides, and there's a ton of other ones. So, you know, a tomato isn't just a tomato, and a tomato isn't the same as another tomato. And, you know, this kale is not the same as this same species of kale, necessarily. It could have been grown halfway around the world from the other one, in a colder climate, with a little more rainfall. And, and all these things affect nutrient variation. Um, so... Just to kind of give you uh, the nutrient breakdown, and it's a little difficult uh, over podcast uh, through your ears, so try and bear with me a little bit, but I want to compare a little bit of plant and animal-based foods, and this is per 500 calories. 
So cholesterol, in plant-based food there is none. On average, in animal-based food, there is 197. Now again, this is um, just to kind of give you the idea of what we're comparing here. Uh, we're comparing 80-20 uh, lean ground beef, uh, fresh ground pork, chicken, um, milk, and we're comparing that, we're comparing the averages of those to um, raw spinach, tomatoes, um, lima beans, peas, and potatoes. And if you want me to send you a, a kind of a chart depicting this, I can do that. But uh, cholesterol, there's zero. In the animal-based foods, on average, there's 197. Fat, grams, grams of fat in plant-based, on average, four. Animal-based, 36. Protein, this is a big one that everybody gets hung up on. Uh, grams of protein, on average, in plant-based food, per 500 calories, there is 33 grams. Animal-based, 34. So again, you don't, this whole protein myth is exactly what I just said, it's a myth. Now, the one that I really wanna focus on or, or, or point out and bring to your attention is fiber. Because everybody talks about, you know, you need to get enough protein, but you don't hear a whole lot about fiber. And most Americans, the greater majority, have a, pro, a fiber deficiency. Now, in plant-based foods, on average, about 31 grams of dietary fiber. In animal-based foods, oh, my GoPro is going a little nuts. In, in animal-based foods, you're getting about uh, 100 and, uh, uh, zero. GoPro threw me off, so let me run that back. Dietary fiber, plant-based foods, 31 grams. Animal-based foods, zero. There's no fiber in animal-based foods. You're getting 100% of your dietary fiber through plant-based foods, okay? And, and there's a ton of other comparisons here. Um, but for uh, listeners' sake and your boredom, I'm not gonna run through them all. Now, uh, there are some distinctions, obviously, between plant and animal-based foods. Now, animal proteins tend to elevate blood cholesterol levels. If you listen to my saturated fats uh, podcast, this is old news. Um, animal proteins tend to promote formation of heart disease. Remember, that's the number one killer. Kills uh, over a half a million people a year. Enhances the likelihood of osteoporosis. That's a, a problem with bone density. If you're a woman, um, you need to watch out for this. It increases production of growth hormones, right? That's where cancer comes from or can come from. Uh, again, increases the rate at which cells divide, which is central to the carcinogenic process, cancer. Um, it's associated with the formation of Alzheimer's disease, kidney stones, and, a, and a, a litany of other diseases. Now, on the converse, the other side of the, cord, uh, the, other side of the coin, plant proteins tend to, uh, tend to have the opposite effect of animal proteins. Now, plant-based diet whole food plant-based diet with adequate, adequate amounts of different kinds of foods will naturally contain more than enough protein than you need. Um, my friends know this. Some strangers know this who listen to the podcast. I rarely have a protein shake. I get plenty of protein. I am not a meek person. I'm 6'2", 200 pounds. And um, if you look at my Instagram, you can see I'm not scrawny. I'm muscular. 
I, I have no problem with protein. It's not something you need to worry about if you eat a varied whole foods plant-based diet. Um, it's not protein alone that we need to be concerned about either, like I said. It's all the other nutrients that go with it. Your body doesn't just run off protein and vitamin C. There's, you know, hundreds of trace elements and minerals that you need to get uh, in decent quantities. And you're not going to get that from eating animal products. You get that from eating whole food plant-based products. So looking at, at individual nutrients, like we talked about earlier, leads to uh, what's called a pill and potion approach. Um, when you look at the totality of the information um, and, and really kind of really accept and, and adopt and fall in love with a whole food plant-based diet, a proper diet, right? Not dieting, but a proper uh, intake of whole foods, the, the results are impressive to say the least. And it helps enable us to understand the, the relationship between disease and diet. Not just looking at, you know, when you go to a doctor, it's very removed and it's, oh, you have this disorder. But why? When you really adopt a whole food plant-based diet, your eyes are open to the, the, the symbiosis between disease and diet. Or, or to be uh, a little more positive, health and diet, uh, good health and diet. And you'll see that a whole food plant-based diet consistently lowers the risk of chronic diseases you know, things we talked about, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, obesity, um, even just, you know, body fat, you know, whether, no matter what your reason is for adopting a whole food plant-based diet, there's a litany of other benefits that you're getting. You know, when I, when I adopted it, I decided to do it because I had, I was 26, 27. I had high cholesterol. I was on statins, which are terrible for your liver. And I was tired all the time, and I thought I was eating appropriately. And my doctor said I was eating fine, and my gym trainer said that I was eating fine. But I wasn't. So, you know, I, I switched to the whole food plant-based diet. And it, again, it wasn't overnight. It was a process. Um, you know, if you've heard me say progress, not perfection. But, you know, when I, when I was on it for long enough and I was able to reduce my cholesterol and get off the statins and I had more sustained energy throughout the day, those weren't just the only benefits that I, that I got. You know, It's not like when you take a pill, it's not just, it doesn't just cure one thing. It cures your entire body. So I've lowered my, reduce, my, uh, reduced my risk of heart disease and cancer and obesity and um, Alzheimer's and, and uh, even ALS um, can be treated you know not with diet alone but diet can help treat ALS and you know it's I can't I can't impress upon you as the listener enough to help you understand that you might have picked a certain reason to be vegan or be plant-based but that reason is not the only thing that you get cured from you there are so many benefits to it and that's why it works for everybody 
And that's why I want everybody to eat more plants. And listen, I, I'm a realist. I get it. Not everybody's going to be vegan. Not everybody's going to be 100% plant-based. But if you can make changes and incorporate more plants, or if you can make changes and do you know, a meal a day that's, that's 100% plant-based, then I've done my job and you will feel better. And the better you feel, the more you're going to want to keep up with it. You know, it, I, it's sad. It's sad to see somebody, you know, when you're out uh, and you see somebody who's extremely overweight and, and you know that they're just not happy with the way they feel. They might be, have a, a good life in terms of great friends and, or, or family or what have you, but you just can't feel as good as you can. And, and, you know, through this life, you only get one meat vehicle, right? You only get one body. Um, I guess until the singularity happens, but you get one body and, and you got to treat it as best you can because if it breaks down, that's all you have, man. And, 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 you know, it's not that people are living longer nowadays. It's that people are dying slower. There's so many elderly people who are, might live to be 105, but are in so much pain when they're doing it. You know, it's it's rare that you see somebody who's elderly and spry and 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 physical and and you know gets out and goes moving. You know, you see so many people in wheelchairs and walkers that are on on oxygen tanks. So let's let's shift the paradigm from from uh, you know sick care to eating for health. Let's shift the paradigm from dying slowly to living longer. It's only going to happen through one way. It's going to happen through Word of mouth, it's going to happen through you helping other people. And that's not to say to push it on to other people, but, you know, mention it. Say, you know, I'm trying this new way of eating, and it's fantastic. Or I made the, the switch, and I feel so much better for X, Y, and Z reason. Or, hey, listen to this guy's podcast. Or, hey, you know, go look at this guy's Instagram. See if there's anything that's, that piques your interest. Or, hey, did you know that heart disease can be controlled solely through diet? You don't have to have weird side effects of pills, and it's the number one killer uh, of Americans. You know, kind of, you know, just pepper the facts in there, and, and and through that we can make a difference. And everybody wants people to be happy, and there's so much, you know, misery and sadness going on throughout the world. Let's do what we can. Um, questions, comments, concerns, if anything didn't make sense to you, if anything's not clear, Ryan at MainlyPlants.com. MainlyPlants.com, there's a contact Ryan page. Or DM me through any of the social media, uh, namely Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And until next week, go eat a salad.